0: Welcome to Cloudcast Basics, the best source on the internet for learning cloud computing. And now, from the Cloudcast studios,
1: here are your hosts, Aaron Delp and Brian Gracely. Hello, and welcome to Cloudcast Basics, Season 3, Episode 2. This is your co host, Aaron Delp, and with me is Brian Gracely. Hey, everybody. And today, we're going to talk about the basics of cloud economics. On the previous show, we we talked a little bit about what led to this model. Um, Brian, do you want to give everyone an introduction and kind of start digging into the topic?
0: Yeah, um, I mean, obviously, there's there's a lot of elements of this, and we're going to kind of break them down a little bit over the next couple of sh- uh, couple of shows within this season. Um, I'm going to start with the most fundamental piece of of what changed uh, as we started moving to the cloud, and that was payment flexibility. Right and in the last episode, we talked about these these long term contracts that you had to buy. You had to sort of keep track of, you know, how long was my depreciation cycle for hardware versus software? Did I have consulting services or outsourcing services? Cloud really brought this this thing of payment flexibility, which meant, you know, and there's a lot of still there's a lot of different payment models out there in the cloud, but you know, it began to give us things that allowed us to easily access the technology so things like free tiers or um, <clears throat> you know services that you could get for free that had a certain amount of functionality um, it had what we call freemium tiers so you know it was a lower cost it had a few more features than the than the free one um, we've seen you know some services that allow us to pay on a per user basis so you know instead of having to buy a huge company-wide license I could you know buy licenses just specifically for individual people to use it and uh, vendors thought that was you know economical Um, we've seen on-demand pricing so i pay based on what i use we've talked about this in previous episodes but you know if i use it for five hours i pay for five hours if i use it for 73 days i pay for 73 days and then we started seeing some interesting scenarios where people said hey you know i'm i'm past the experimentation stage but you know i'd like to find some ways to get you know discounts that are you know kind of aligned to me working with you on a more partnership basis, a longer term basis. So we see things like the ability to uh, reserve capacity uh, in advance and be able to get discounts for that. We've seen intelligent systems that say, hey, the more you use our system uh, over time, or the more capacity you use, we'll begin to lower your prices just automatically. And so we've seen a lot a lot of creative ideas um, and creative implementations about how people can pay for it. And, a link, and again, the real that cloud lets us do is is two things. Number one, um, they allow your business to be more flexible, right? You, You can sort of align a business problem to a technology problem. And then secondarily, the cloud providers, whether it's a SaaS service or an IS service, they really know that once you start using the cloud, you get used to this new model, you sort of get away from your old legacy ways of doing IT, that they kind of have you they kind of have you locked in to a certain extent. And so they can be flexible about you know upfront engagements because they know you're oftentimes going to become a long-term customer. Aaron, yep. what are some of the other big things that you, you think about?
1: Yeah, I think the, the next big thing I think about is, is this idea of immediate access and and immediate access to even to different parts of the stack, right? if if I compare it real quickly to the the old way of doing things, right? You owned everything from you know, plugging something in all the way up to providing access to your, to your customers or your end users. But what if you didn't want to manage all of that? Or what if, if you wanted to really go a little higher in the stack and and go at a little higher in the stack at a much faster rate, like you take infrastructure as a service? Well, okay, great. It's the infrastructure. If you take platform as a service, now it's a developers and up if it's software as a service. Well, now you're only really giving the, the application itself to everyone serverless. You're looking at like fractional usages and, and, and metered costs based off of just the amount of resources you use, oftentimes measured in minutes uh, versus hours. But also what, what is there is this ability to kind of go, okay, I'm going to use this but there's a lot of times a trade off to what this is and what i mean by that is the higher you went in the stack and the more prescriptive you were in exactly what you were you were giving out to the users well you had to give up a certain amount of of freedom right if it was at the paas layer platform as a service well A lot of times the developers, you had to use certain libraries or you had to use certain languages or software as a service. You took the applications as it was. Sometimes there was, you know, this concept of I could build in users or I could build in groups, but. You couldn't necessarily modify that application, so there is definitely um, a, a, a trade-off there, and an analysis of cost versus what you're getting and the scope of what you're getting. But for many folks, it was it is extremely worth it because now I can go faster. Uh, you know, those other things that aren't in the scope they don't make a difference to my business anyway.
0: Yeah, you know we've we've talked on some of the previous shows. There's there's really always kind of three legs to the stool. Whenever you're you're looking at, at any of these technologies and, and disruptions, And it's always uh, technology evolves, the processes around it evolve, and then the people uh, have to evolve. And so we've talked about those first two. We talked about you know payment processes. We talked about technology access. The third piece of this is uh, you know it really allows you economically to to sort of outsource some of your, your people skills. And I don't mean that in the kind of traditional sense where, you know, somebody else comes in and takes your people on their payroll. I mean, you know, if you're like, Hey, I really wish we had, you know, better database administrator skills. Well, you can get those, right? It's like you can get a database as a service. If you were like, Hey, I really wish we, you know, had people or we had some way of running a customer relations management system, a CRM system or some other type of thing. You can just get that as a service. And so to a certain extent, you're kind of outsourcing your lack of skills or maybe your skills that aren't as world-class to the cloud. And the cloud is going, hey, I can give those to you using all these different payment models and I can expose them to you at the different layers of the stack that you want. So, you know, this really does, even from an economics perspective, it does hit on all three legs of those stool, right? People, process, and technology. So always keep those three things in the back of your mind as you're thinking about, all the things that have to change and and how you can do things better.
1: Yeah, and I'll add will add another one uh, to to that, Brian, as well. So, so for us, you know, we, again, we're in we're in Raleigh, North Carolina, and back in the days of of building big data centers, Raleigh kind of was became known as like a lot of Silicon Valley HQ. They would move their engineering or their technology hubs here. Why? Yeah. Because people were cheap because land was cheap and because power in particular was really cheap for some reason here. So you started to see this, you know, uh, uh, Cisco and NetApp and all of these other large vendors have very large engineering presence here. And this removes some of that, not just from a, from a location and data center standpoint, but it removes of if you're uh, consuming a service or you're consuming an application, you, you can do that from anywhere in the world you don't necessarily need to have or go find somebody with very specialized skills and you might have to relocate your business where the skill sets are.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You get that, you get that sort of global reach. Um, let's hit on a few more things that are maybe a little more tactical, just kind of basics of economics. Um, it's important to kind of understand the discounting structure and, you know, every different service and every different, uh, provider you work with is a little bit different, but kind of one general rule of thumb that you'll find a lot is, uh, discounts are given out early, right? So when you first engage, they really, they understand the psychology of free is the most popular world uh, word in the world. And people are drawn to free or really inexpensive, or at least in your mind, inexpensive services. Um, So you can often get what seem like discounted or very low rates when you get started then once you sort of start to grow into the business, you may find, boy, they're not discounting very much. But then once you reach a, a threshold level, and a lot of times people will say, well, when you're spending you know, $100,000 a month or a million dollars a month with one of the cloud providers, or you know, it's different with different SaaS providers, then you'll start to see them come back to you with additional levels of discount. And what that really is signaling to you is, yep, we realize we've got some patterns and models that have been matched you're very likely gonna stay with us and you're, you're too big to move to a different cloud. And so we're now going to incentivize you once again to feel like, ah, we're giving you the love, we're giving you some additional discounts, Maybe you want to take on using a few more of our services, but oftentimes, you know, it's they get you up front, and then once you've become sort of too big to move, you're going to start to see additional discounts. But then you're also going to see, you know, additional services sort of pushed your way. So kind of keep those in mind for how discounting tends to work. And then obviously, as you use more services and get bigger, uh, the discounting models, the way you can negotiate, can you know, can become more complicated. But also, you know, there's opportunities to to do some discounting. Yep yep
1: now for our next point <clears throat> there is a a dirty side to all of this this these cloud economics uh what you're seeing here it can get really complex really fast um You know, and in the old days, you had your data center, you had your hardware, you you could kind of calculate out power draws and all of these other things. And you could only turn on so much and you could only utilize so much capacity. And it was, you know, it was within your your data center and your walls and you could do the calculations and, and kind of figure all that out. Well, when you spin up something in the cloud and you're paying for it, by the second, by the minute, by the hour, you know, by the, the, you know, you're getting charged per gig or something like that. Well, it can, you can get a, a bill that is just a lot of line items and you you can forget to turn something off and get a pretty big bill for it. And you won't realize it till a little bit later. And entire cottage industries have popped up around Making sure spend stays in control, figuring out how to audit this, making sense of all of it. Um, so, if, if there's one big caution around all of this, it is: uh, as you get bigger, it only gets more complicated. Yeah, and and just to just to put a finer point on, uh, or you know, to,
0: to give a, a an example, when Aaron says there's a cottage industry around this, you know, back in the days for what we would have called legacy IT you know, for the biggest vendors that were out there, the, you know, the Oracles and the SAPs and Microsofts, there were companies who literally would specialize in, you know, how do you negotiate your contract with those companies? How do you negotiate out of your contract? How do you, uh, you know, make sure that when they come and do audits, you're going to look as good as possible? Well, you know, now that the number of the vendors that, are, you know, attract those sort of the things have shifted, right? It's now AWS and Azure and Google. But if you look, look up things like cloud economist, look at how many, you know, cloud cost management tools there are that those cottage industries haven't gone anywhere. They've just shifted to, um, you know, focus on the biggest companies that have, you know, very complex systems. They want to keep you as customers as long as possible. You're trying not, you're trying to spend as little as possible. And, you know, there, there are tools and, and consulting companies and all sorts of things that are there because at the end of the day, the cloud has not made consumption pricing or the, you know, sorting through your bill any easier than it was when you were doing five and seven year contracts.
1: Yep. Yep. Absolutely. And just one quick final point, and then we'll, we'll close out. Um because of the com- complexity, um, they think of it as, you know, there's a bunch of ways to slice and dice all of this, right? It could be per user, it could be per task, it could be, you know, some kind of metered usage of, of per gig or or something like that. Well, there's many options out there, first of all. You know, you look at any one of the, the public clouds, they offer a lot of different services. And sometimes the difference in the services Technology under the hood may not be that big of a difference. It might be more along the lines of alignment and of the billing and alignment of that billing to your business needs. Yep, And that's, that's, that's becoming the most important thing. Align it
0: to your business goal, align it to your business needs. Aaron, I'm going to kind of wrap up uh, this uh, this first or the second episode of season three. Um, you know, hopefully, folks are able to see some of the basics of cloud economics. We're going to keep kind of talking about this throughout the season, but uh, you know how to, how they're making things better, different, unique. And in the next episode, we're going to look at how cloud economics are really shifting your business thinking. So we're going to connect the dots between the economics and the business thinking on the next show.
1: Thank you for listening to Cloudcast Basics. You can
0: find all the show details at cloudcastbasics.net or in your favorite podcast player.